Blog Talk Radio. Quietly mumble. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> welcome to. <laughs> God, I hear that. Welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. I was about to say welcome, welcome to, blog to Blog Talk, Talk Radio. Radio. Well, hey, if you're uh, there, you're there. sure. Welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take the fault for that one. That was mine. We'll Sorry. start over. Yeah. Um, this week we are uh, looking at the Bourne Legacy. <laughs> if, if we can get you, I'm just having some. I am uh, RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me as always is Shane Leonard. Hello. And like I said, this week it's the Bourne Legacy, and we were just talking about finally defeated the Dark Knight for the weekend, which... I thought I thought it was cool. <laughs> I felt Shane, bad. Shane felt bad. I felt bad that we contributed to it. to it, and Mark put me down and just said like they count our box office receipts. And I thought, well, they don't just count don't, Wichita; they've they got to count them all. Yeah, the Wichita—that's the place they. Just well, get. what's the place that Batman got beat? Because here it's still did number one. I, how do you know? It's number one in my heart. Well, and then that's, that's all, all that matters. All right, before we jump in, did okay? Now, seriously though, um, <laughs> this is going to be a ridiculous okay, goofy so show. The, the first thing that I, that I want to say is uh, thanks to our listeners again. Yeah, big uh, thanks. Last week was tremendous, and it was funny because the last few weeks we've. Like kind of accidentally had like test shows. Right. We, we've been messing with the times. We've been messing with what we're doing. We mess we, with the day. We even dropped in a surprise show. Just wasn't announced. Right. And people we, we, still tuned in. We, which was great. We had a show that there was virtually <laughs> there was no, no advertising to for the fact that it was coming. Right. And uh, you know that gives us each week that happens. It gives us you know uh, some information about yeah. who's listening and what's working and what's not. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we had the show where we were not doing um, any review. A review, right. really. We just were talking about the summer, right? And we we didn't give a lot of notice for that. We mm-hmm. weren't doing a movie, right? So, it, and it was we were back on Sunday. So that was like, okay, what if <laughs> what if we had no show and see if somebody shows up? Right. And over the last, and so that one did not do so great in right. in, in our audience. Over the last couple of weeks, though, that has almost tripled from right. the original, the original point we were at in our listen. So people yeah. are going back and checking stuff out, right. and so which is really very cool. cool. But last week we were sort of back to normal. Yeah, and and the show did great, and we're we're both crazy excited about Absolutely. it. I can hardly believe it. And like yeah. I, like I said a few weeks ago, it almost makes me feel somehow obligated. <laughs> To do a good show, right? And it's gone wrong then. Right? Oh I mean, yeah, right. You put all the pressure. No, really. Thanks everybody. It's it's been when we're looking at the numbers, it's almost a, a scratch my eyes double take. Like right. I can't believe that it's doing that great. Right. So we clearly so it's, we need to have a theme. We need to watch a film. Let uh, everyone know we're going to do it. I mean, we've tried a few things, but uh, we're figuring we out what we're like. Best. We know what we're doing right. to some degree. <clears throat> um, so now before we go too far too, I want to say, you know, the number is there. If you're listening to this live, then right. the number's in front of you. Call in. Uh, 
you know, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the Born Legacy. Yeah. The chat room is open. There are a couple people in there. You know, shout something out. We may not notice it right away because that's just the world we live in. Right. But we would, right. you know, love, to, love, get, to, see love to get your comments. Right. And so, um, the, you know, the reason I brought up the people listening is that <laughs> I have it on good authority that at least a fair amount of our listeners are in the Bangor area with us. Really? Yes. This is good to know. I didn't know that part and, of it. Um, you know, I mean, how many are there going to be really? Well, right. <laughs> well, hi, everybody. And uh, Shane wanted to give a shout out to his crazy morning. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to name uh, this friend. But oh, come on. I'm sure just going to say that um, that it, it rhymes with Gibran. <laughs> right. And that it's good to know that he's safe and sound. Right. And we that have... he, he's learned the lesson of. Having too many people care about him, and um, and being, and being, being too, too dialed in, being too dialed media, into right. the internet, and or just the social media sites. He's he's a big fan of things like Foursquare and Facebook and Twitter, and he routinely is checking in and posting. And the majority of his stuff is of interest. And sure, um, some but silly, a lot of some, sometimes it's just, it's just you know I'm just at Dice Arts having sure. a burger, whatever. But the price he learned, which is when you take some time off uh, from checking in constantly, you alert a lot of people that care about you, like his family. And then they basically call out the National Guard to see what ditch you're in. Because <laughs> so it's, was, been, it's been 16 hours since you checked in somewhere. There was like a Facebook man. <laughs> so... If the internet were yeah, if the internet were a bounty hunter, the the hunt was on for him today right. because he hadn't checked in since last evening. But I'm I'm happy to report that he's doing well and right and a little he, shocked at the he reaction. He may, may not have, you know. have just been on the phone recently. Right. So. Yeah. I couldn't verify if he did have in fact we, a guy with a gun exactly. next to him. Exactly. That might have been a. But um, it's good to know that he's fine. He he accidentally worried a lot of people by suddenly acting. Like the like internet didn't matter, right? Friend, so, right? And this is why I I like I like Facebook. I don't really like Foursquare anymore, and I never really like Twitter, though I use it from time to time. Um, I just don't I just don't enjoy it, and this is why because I know this happens to people all the time. <laughs> that's why you don't like Twitter. <laughs> this okay. is why I don't like Twitter because if I stop yeah. doing it, they'll be after right. me. Well, I made a joke. I was just talking to him before we came on the air, and I just made a joke about coming on and, and giving him a big shout out, and I thought that was a joke. But you you took me serious, and so now he's you didn't have to do it. Now he's, he's not, no I no could no. Have no we had that to. at you, and you just said no. I'm not. Yeah. Well, that, you would have been like, well, anyway, <laughs> right? So anyway, there we go. Anyway, okay, so um, we're jumping into uh, the Born Legacy, and. Oh, we actually, don't have actually, there there was one other say, there, there was one other thing. I I got an email, and I think this is interesting because there may be some kind of total recall, the Born Legacy overlap. Yeah. In in what we're talking about, maybe maybe there won't. I don't know. Anyway, last week we did total recall. I gave it four stars. You gave it two, two. stars. Um, I don't remember if I said if I actually said this in the show, um, but you know when I. When I do the review of that, it it may sort of move around to three and a half or something like it's that. It's not going to drop to two, I'm but pretty, you might. Yeah, you're pretty. I'm much pretty safely in like the you know three and three right. quarters or four yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm not like trying to backpedal from no. from my grade because that's fine. It can be four stars. But I got an email and somebody asked me, um, kind of basically like, "How dare you?" But in a nice way. <laughs> 
is like a New York thing, you know. But right. I don't mean that in a bad way. Right. right. Yeah. Don't um, take offense to this, but no, what kind it, of idiot it wasn't, thinks it's a four-star It, it film? wasn't exactly like that, but I think that I think the thing was um, looking at that four stars. Yeah. As a comparison to other things that have been rated four stars. Right. So the first thing that I have to say is go back and check out our podcast yep. where we talk all about our ratings, our theories of ratings, how we get whatever stars we come up with. Yep. And, you know, as much as every critic just puts out, you know, a five-star rating scale or a right. four-star rating scale or whatever. And so I guess that you just get this mindset that it means something and right. there's some objective reality to what four stars means and all movie critics use the same criteria and right. scale and everything. You know, nothing could be further from the truth. It's Everybody's got their own theory of how it works. Yep. So the first thing I think it to say about my theory is that uh, to say Total Recall is four stars has nothing to do with how good I think it is as a movie compared to anything else that's rated four stars. Uh, in my view of a rating system, those really don't mean anything. I mean, if it, so if I had right. like, you know, just to like pick two things, if I had like Caddyshack, right, and I wanted to say that was four and a half stars, let's say. Yep. And Gosford Park is four and a half stars. Right. Maybe. Right. right. That doesn't mean they're equally good. I mean, I think one of them is a million miles better than the other one. But it's just, you know, it's... But you're uh, rating. You can't compare that way. Right. So anyway, uh, that's just, you know, that's my take. Some people say, hey, if you're rating it four stars, then it better you better think that it's right. equally good. Who knows? <laughs> the other thing about Total Recall is that one of the things kind of I think that I got out of it that did not work for you, right? which another thing probably to say about Total Recall is that I thought that was a cool show because we actually had some serious difference, right. not not giant difference, right. not no. like, you know, five and zero or something like right. that. But it was still a pretty good difference. And what I thought was cool about it was like, I think it's this. And so that's why I'm giving it this. And you're right. like, well, I was... Right. had a whole other viewpoint yeah. that I'm coming from for that movie. And, and it's the same scene. And, and, like, and it made, yeah, it, it made it a thought for an interesting show. But what, what worked for me in that, the, I guess, sense in which that movie worked, that I could give it four stars, is that I looked at it as trying to be something mm -hmm. and really succeeding pretty well at that. Yeah. And having having flaws, definitely, and not, you know getting everywhere with that. Right. And, you know, I guess built into that, like I always say, is that the thing that it was trying to be, I'm okay with. Right. I, I think is a legitimate thing to try to be. Yeah. And then it's just, it just kind of comes, I think maybe that's the reason we got the email is that you were going, well, look, no, it's this. And we had the, you know, hugely differing view. Yeah. And, you know, from, from your perspective, at least listening to the show, it's like, you didn't really think it was trying to be, what right. I thought it was trying to be, you thought it was trying to be something else and failed horribly. And, right. And and that's just you know that's just not the way I right. I saw it. I saw it as trying to be something that was you know really seriously kind of in a chase sort of genre, and you know just running, having a good time, being a fun summer yeah. thing, and and it worked for me. And I think. I was trying so hard because here's the thing too with 
this week's movie as well, The Bourne Legacy and Total Recall, they both, if you let them, could suffer greatly from the expectations that you're going into it with. Right. Total Recall, obviously, because it's a remake, you yeah. you have certain expectations. You saw the other movie. You you have some idea of what you think you're going to get when right. you walk in. And same thing with the Bourne Legacy. Right. You know, you you've seen three other Bourne movies. You expect it to be fairly similar. You expect it to work in a similar way and have a similar tone. And you you are going in definitely with like a preconceived notion of what you're right. going to get. And we we actually were talking about this right after we left the theater. Which I think is funny because I think we both knew there, there's kind of this whole dynamic has like evolved as we walk out of movies now. Yeah. Where it's like we both have a pretty good feeling of where the other person is going to be. Yeah. And it's like we walk out of the theater and if we feel like we're pretty close. Right. Then we don't mind talking about the movie a whole lot. Right. But, but if, if we, if we, we are... walk out and we feel like we're going to be different, even if it turns out that we're wrong. Right. But if we feel like maybe we're going to have some really differing right. views, then we don't talk about it very well, much like right we, after Like when movie. we came out of Total Recall, you were skipping and I was pushing people over. Right. Like I was right. so angry. You and broke you that knew. door handle right. on the way out. <laughs> yeah. that cool. No, it's true. It's been this funny thing where there have been weeks where we've been pretty comparable with what we thought anyway. Two and a half, three stars right. or vice versa. And we just stand outside and talk about it for a while. But then there were a couple where we were just like, well, that was something. All right. Yep, exactly. I'll see, uh, see you in a little bit for that, the podcast. That was a movie. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, right. that happened, right. That, so so we kind of did that, like, for Total Recall. Although, right. Right. although we, we did talk a little about it, and then you flipped once you showed up for the show. So it right. seemed at the time that we were closer. I wanted to like when, that movie. when we walked. I was out. trying to convince myself it was a good time, and I don't lie to myself too much. So, but so I, I think also the thing that you know come back around to Total Recall. There, I right. think what happened with Total Recall is I was so seriously trying not to have expectation. Yeah, and, and I think. You know, maybe I just succeeded at it or something. I, I maybe I maybe did it too well. Did an okay job of right. of it not mattering that it. Which is weird too, because this is kind of a film. You know, it's not like Paul Verhoeven, and we're not going to keep talking about Total Recall. We've already done our show about it, but it's yeah. not like Paul Verhoeven had anything to do with the remake. Really, all that was common was that it was based loosely on a Philip K. Dick story, right. and everything else. Being what it was, should have been like a new, fresh take on it. Even though um, the director claimed he wasn't trying to remake anything and then just took force and, and, and then did it anyway. But this one with Tony Gilroy being a hands-on guy, being a very huge participant in the first three Bourne films, you would think more than anything that this has a lot of residual energy and like perspective because he's right. the guy that you know shaped some of the stories. Right. So if if we're going to actually get to the Bourne like, right. <laughs> legacy so, now, right. which is you know fine, we're apparently we'll babbling works right. for us. You know, <laughs> babbling no, does work. I, I don't know. Anyway. Um, the like I said, the Born Legacy can I think really suffer when people walk out from the fact that you know it, it's got the Born name to it. What, right. what I was what I was actually going to mention, <laughs> we yeah. talked about, is that had this just been some other movie, right, and not been Born, and just been some other spy thing, if it had just been Alex and, Cross, and, and tweak it a little bit right. and be you know whatever, but we're not going to say it's born. We're not going to connect it that way, but everything else happened the same. Right. I really wonder if I wouldn't have liked it better. 
Well, that's what I said about Total Recall, which was right. if it had just been named something different and a guy, another identity, memory right. thing, I probably would have enjoyed it more. Right. You know, and it's just a weird thing that happens when you're mentally trying to divorce yourself from a tie-in or a sequel or, or a prequel or some associated story. Right, and I, so I, think, I think in this case... There is, you know, the first thing I I should say really is I, I really liked the first part of the film, and as you yeah. as you go through movies, you know, if you even if you don't study movies, but maybe you just read a lot of movie reviews or are you know a semi student of film or something right. like that, right? Every movie has three acts, yep. which for some reason that I'm not sure of surprises a lot of people that you start talking to (laughs) about movies, but every movie works like really in three acts. And this movie had a great first act. Yeah. And you can tell exactly the moment. I mean, obviously anyone who knows what I'm talking about, you obviously can tell, but you, (laughs) but you can tell, even if you don't know what you're, what it is that you're aware of, Mm -hmm. you can still tell that moment when it switches into the second act and it, really slows down and it turns into kind of a, a different movie. Like the first act feels like you're watching a Bourne movie. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like you already mentioned, um, Tony Gilroy, who wrote the screenplay or or yeah. helped with the screenplay on, I think, all the other Bourne movies. Too. I'll look real quick. And, you, um, you know, so he's several other movies. Like you just mentioned you, Armageddon, which is probably not you know, right. what he has on his license plate, but um, he's worked on all the other movies, but all the other, all all the other movies had uh, really cool directors. Mm -hmm. If you ask me, and they had a very definite feel to them and a very definite style and tone and everything. Even when you switch directors, like we were talking about this too, even when you switch directors, the directors were kind of trying to go, okay, I want to make it my own. I want to add my own little things here and there. But I'm gonna, you know, make the same kind of feel and tone to the overall thing. Right. And that first act kind of works like that. It's a little different because we're in a very different situation. But still, generally speaking, you're you know what movie you're watching right. when you walk in. We get to the second act and it really kind of changes. Uh there are maybe a few scenes in the second act where we kind of are on target more than others. But the second act really kind of slows down. It gets very talky, and there's a lot of, you know, we're watching the uh, players back in D.C. as they, you know, Edward Norton is trying to wrangle this all together and right. sweep it under the rug and whatever. And yep. there's, you know, we're in the control room and <laughs> yeah. whatever. But it, it, it turns into a very different thing, and I really kind of found myself getting bored at times and wondering what's going on and then we get to the third act and it's almost like you know we don't drop off a cliff like some other movies that we've talked about in the recent past where it's just like boom it's goes nonsense instantly but we're on like a fairly sharp incline you're on a gradual decline from that point and and it and then it just gets it just gets really weird and I I just think it's so strange that Tony Gilroy, even though you know not a director, right, and I, I'm not absolutely sure why he's the director here or how that how that switched. Um, yeah, that we went from writer to director is a less common you right. know 
job shift in the movie world. But I don't I don't know why I don't know why a lot of things, and one of the <laughs> one of the main things is I don't know why we could, we could do such a decent job in the first act and and then have it all fall apart and why we couldn't get anywhere in the rest of it. He might have been the first guy to just step forward, you know, or he might have been the only guy in the in the room volunteering to <laughs> step backward, you know, <laughs> right? Because when Doug Liman left after the three Bourne films with Matt Damon as Jason Bourne, he you know basically they realized they still had stories to tell. And maybe Gilroy just stepped forward and was like, you know what, I'll do it. Like I've been on hand for every one right. of these, and he's he's certainly been credited with some success because he was the guy that was not only writing but was screenwriting all of the films. Right. Maybe he was just like, look, I've been around, I know what I'm doing, I've got a great idea for the story. Yeah, I, I don't, was... I don't really know. And oddly enough, I have not really researched this movie at all that well. I, about, I just wanted to see uh, it about his act. role right. and stuff like that, and where where that all. Came we from. differ a little in this, though. Uh, I think, um, I think the first thing I would say to anyone listening about the the actual movie would be if you've if you've only seen any one of the Bourne films, I think it's important to to see more of them. I don't think that seeing the first half hour of Born Legacy does you any credit to try to spend the mental energy to keep up with all that they're talking about. Well, right. I mean, this is a guy, again, who's had his hand in writing the first three films, and when it came time to make the fourth, I think he just assumes you're you're on board with his right. stories, or you're a fan of the Bourne stories. Anyway, um, there's a lot of mentioning of just not Treadstone. There are other things that are being talked about, and if Black you don't Briar really, and all, right, every other and, and if you're not familiar name. with it, you can kind of still get the sense of it. But I think it really means more if you're familiar with it. So if yeah, you haven't I, seen I all the films, I don't know see, if you want to come into this blind. Right, that's for I, sure. I certainly think you should watch you know them all because I enjoyed them all. But I think it in a weird way, if you were only going to watch one, you might have to have just seen the third one. I don't know, maybe just the first one, but my my general sense is that you'll get more out of it if you've seen at least the series before. Right. So, and and we do have parts come in as as this one starts. So Jeremy Renner yep. is our is our new whatever agent. whatever it is that he is. Yeah. He, five. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what right. he is, which is actually like A one very of the, one joke. of the one of the better uh lines <laughs> in the movie. There are a lot of good parts in this movie. I should say that because I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to start off like seeming like I'm. I'm super critical of how bad the movie was because of like second and third act shifts. Yeah. I just think they're so noticeable. They are noticeable in, in, in the, just in the way it. that it changes. But there are a lot of good things about the movie. I really liked. I really liked the first act. Yeah. And and maybe even you know transitioning a ways into the right. There's into part of the that second before it kind of lost me. I guess. Yeah. Um, but there are uh, there are some good action scenes. Mm-hmm. There are less of them than I would have thought. Yeah. Going through this movie, there is if you if you took all of the action sequence time and put it all together and then like compared it to the other Bourne movies, right? You would be kind of scratching There's your head. There's a bit of a discrepancy yeah. there, yeah. Um, but the first act was fun. Jeremy Renner starts off. He is in you know whatever sort of training. It's like northern Alaskan thing. horrible winter. Right. Mode. He's he's in Alaska, and I guess it's like they shove you out of a helicopter <laughs> with a map, and they go make it here, and right. you know whatever. There's wolves, and he has to cross a mountain and, <laughs> and survive, and whatever. I don't know. They you know they give him like some duct tape apparently. And, <laughs> Whatever. So he has to make it to wherever he's supposed to make it. He shows up. 
um, he, he's apparently two days early and the best that's ever done because it's funny because, you know, we're, we're watching the movie. And so we have to make sure that we mention that he's done it better than anyone ever before, which are these weird throwaway movie right. moments that, you know, just, if you, if you see too many movies, they're like, great. There's that <laughs> there's one. another one. Yeah. So, um, meanwhile, while he's going through his training and he's not really sure, what comes next or whatever. It was funny because he gets to the cabin. We see this in the trailer where he's talking to the guy who says, you ask too many questions. And right. His contact. He, you know, that, you know that sort of thing. So he gets to like his next checkpoint and meets his contact. And he even kind of says himself, he doesn't know why he's there. Right. He figured it was some sort of slap on the wrist because of whatever it is he did. Right. Uh, he, you know, he did something, he questioned something or who knows what. Um, but anyway, so he gets there. He's not sure where he's supposed to be going from here. And meanwhile, what's going on is that Jason Bourne is wreaking havoc on the world, or or sort of he is, or whatever. All this stuff that's coming from the last movie right. runs right into this movie. If you've seen the, the movie before, we have you know the scene in the train station where somebody gets assassinated, a writer gets assassinated, you know, in this big train station, and it is, if I remember correctly, it's not actually Jason Bourne doing that. It's right. just that they're sending they people out him. to do stuff, and they're pinning stuff on Jason Bourne. Right. But anyway, so that scene, like, is actually even in the movie. Right. And so we're, you know, we're making it very clear that we're running our timelines together. Yep. And we have the, you know, um, the woman, I can't remember her character's name, but she's, like, giving testimony that kind of stuff is all is all going on. She's like giving yep. testimony about like Treadstone Landy. and this yeah. and that, whatever. So now we've now we've got like Edward Norton is God knows what he is. He's like the person that no one's allowed to know what he is right. or he's, something. He's, but he's, like he's in charge of directors. He's in charge yeah. of all this stuff that's not really happening in the government. Right. And now he's in the position that he's trying to cover it all up. And we basically get to the point where he says. I think there's a YouTube video that I guess is the final blow, which yeah. I thought was really funny. There's, it was funny. Uh, I guess the guy who's like the who was in charge of Treadstone, we see him a lot in the uh, two previous movies. Yep. Some in the first movie, too. But um, when everything's kind of crashing down, there's the guy who's, you, you know, the leader of Treadstone. He's in a YouTube video. And it becomes clear that he knows somebody because there's a YouTube video. And apparently there are actually several of them. Right. But we see one. But so these YouTube videos exist. So now all of a sudden it's like we have to end the whole program. So whatever program we're in with Jeremy Renner, I don't even know if we know what – that's obviously some other program. Yeah, I think he was in because, like the new. There's um, like Treadstone, there's Blackbriar, and there's Outcome, and I think he was the new version of I guess Outcome. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, I think. And so Jeremy Renner has uh, these chems that they take. They have these magical, magical pills they take that right. do stuff to their body and alter their chromosomes and all this stuff. And so they have to take them every day or whatever it is. They have these special dog tag mm-hmm. pill holders. So uh, at any rate, what happens is they they decide they're going to shut down the program, which means kill everyone who knows, knows anything. anything about right. it or is in any way related to it, yep. including like the little lab workers 
who don't even actually have any idea what they're doing. Right. I mean, not really. Right. No. I mean, they they kind of know the the science behind what's happening. They know they've seen the people who come in for their treatments and their tests and their this and that, but you know they don't know anything about what's going on. But right. You know, the, we have to get rid of everything cleanly, and everyone has to die. So, um, what what goes on there, which in a way was kind of an interesting scene where um, they go in, I guess, to get their refill of their chemicals, and they go, oh, well, now you're on this chemical, and they give them some new pills, right? And, and they just say, oh, well, okay, I, you know, for the last four years I've been taking these right. other pills, now you suddenly tell me I have right. to take these. And I think it was like, you know, every eight hours for a week or whatever, yeah. here's, your, here's your bottle of pills. So there's all these agents all over the world, take a pill and drop dead. And since Jeremy Renner is out and about right. and not handy, not, to give a, not handy to give a pill to, right. they, uh, you know, they send – I this is in the trailer too when he – right. we don't, it, we don't exactly thing. know what's going on in the trailer. But right. this is a scene in the trailer, you know, he jumps out of the way as – little cabin in the woods gets destroyed by a missile right now he knows you know that he's on the run he knows they did it yep and now it's just like the race is on except the um you know the that's the new spin on this as opposed to just the regular born movies is that now that it's these chems are involved right it's not mm -hmm. just like you're on the run and we're going to claim you've gone rogue and you're right. doing the wrong things and we're trying to kill you we're trying to kill you, and if he runs out of these chems, right. the one one of them is the physical, and one of them is the mental, yep. and we eventually get this a little bit of a story about why it's very interesting to him. It's not it's not really like if you stop taking the stop taking them, you die. Or no, whatever. it's not at all. You just you, you just, back you just to go your... back to normal. Right. And so we get the story about why he really doesn't want to go off the blue pills. Yep. So now he's not just running from people trying to kill him. He has to actually go to them right. and somehow get more drugs to so. where you can keep getting the pills. And that really becomes that really turns into the the whole plot arc is right. um well, I guess it was kind of a funny twist to it when he first goes back and when he goes back and he saves the doctor. Mm -hmm. Um because uh, so what all of the you know medical workers in the lab they all get killed and you know I don't know that that's very spoilery but they all get killed and and obviously you know by by the bad people except we get to see everything that that happens which is it was kind of an interesting thing they do this in the other born movies where whatever it is that happens then we see it on the news right and it's like what does the government tell the news to say right. this is? And then we see it on the news. And so that that keeps happening here. And what happens is one of the lab workers hunts down and kills all the other lab workers, and except one gets away. Right. And so this woman that uh, – you know, five. Does he have a name in this movie? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, he, he, it's Aaron Cross, but she never know until he says it. Right. You know, she's just like, uh, yeah, the, you don't know my name. Right. That was like, really I've fun. known you for like all the next number of years. Yeah. And oh, because oh, he he gives him the fake name story, and, right? And he says, your name is this. You're from here. My name is this. Right. And she goes, is that your name? Yeah. He, you don't know and my he name. He looks at her and he's right. like, you don't know my name. Yeah. Like, I've seen you for there years. were a couple of moments that were funny in yeah. the movie. 
that really worked really well. Yeah. And in this kind of a movie, that's not always the case. You right. know, you get this, we're very kind of serious, action-y, and then we want to say something funny, and it, you know, falls flat or seems really goofy or, right. like, that wouldn't happen or, right. the, you know, they wouldn't be all joking around like that. Yeah. But in this movie, the two or three times that we get those, they really work they well. They did work, yeah. Um, so, anyway, just, you know, running through the story, she he says something about how he hasn't had the green pills in, like, this long, and she says, you're still taking the green pills? And then we find out that there's some way that we can infect a virus with the chemical right. and then She's, infect you with the virus or something, yeah, and then she, you get really sick. It doesn't go over uh, anybody's heads too much, even though it's not. we're not all, like, you know, double right. fellowship doctors. But she does, in movie science terms, explain that the, the genetic enhancements that are really shaking up all the new sciences uh, come from infecting with a virus your, your chromosomes. Right. And altering two specific ones that give you these incredible abilities, and that there's a way to there's a way to deliver the medicine um, through a virus because it's almost like a suitcase. And she uses that that example literally how you can pack it and then it unpacks itself. And that in order for him to continue at the rate that he's used to being super agent, um, with the pills not being really manufactured anymore, the only way to do it is to virus him out, which well, is to go I, in and make a permanent change versus the pills. Right. And that's kind of like, he's like, okay, yeah, right. I never want and, to take another pill. Like, let's virus me out. Right. And this is one of the things where, you know, I don't, I mean, we've ended the program now, but I don't know, necessarily know that we've ended the use of those pills exactly. Right. Or what, whatever the story is, there there may be pills to get somewhere, but they're not going to be able to they're get them. They're not going to just show up. And, and, and this right. is one of the things where um, Edward Norton clearly wants him dead as soon as possible. Right. Right. But each time we don't quite get him, and then don't quite get him. For I mean, for a long time they don't know that he's still alive. They they're, thought he was dead in the cabin. They're chasing the girl, right? So they're chasing the girl and trying to figure out what the heck is going on because uh, they went to the they go to the girl's house to try and kill her, right? And he shows up and saves her and yep. blah, blah blah. But they don't know that he showed up. Right. They just know that she got out, there was and a, she's right. obviously on the run herself. And they don't they they disbelieve they know that somebody anyone, must be helping right. her because she's making all the right moves, and she's just a doctor. Even mm. though doctors are super right, smart, right. she doesn't live in this world. She doesn't know how to do what she's doing. Right. So someone's helping her, and now they're like, find out who we've got to get them all. Right, and so they they finally find out and everything, and so they get you know kind of close to catching him. They're not sure what's going on, but there's there's like a point where they are. Saying, well, you know, if we don't get him right the second, whatever, he'll eventually run out of his meds, right. and then it'd be a lot and, easier. And, to get and him right. It'll really right. be easy, right? So <laughs> yeah. whatever, we'll just wait here for a while, right? And then they figure out, you know, what they're trying to do anyway is get to the place where they have the ability. Like it's it's fun in a way because they don't re they explain it just enough. Like they refer to it and right. they go. This is what's happening. I don't need to explain it. I'm right. just saying right. this is what's going to happen and just go with it. And you do. And right. they, they do it pretty well. Yeah. For a movie that has some complicated science mumbo jumbo that they're trying to use without actually explaining it, they do a pretty good job. Right. I mean, you know, maybe somebody is some super scientist that could go, that could never work. That's not <laughs> right. a real thing. But, you know, right. no one would know or care and it doesn't matter in this movie, right. the, the way they deliver it is, is done pretty well. 
to get you to play along with the story. It's, it's done better than midichlorians, I'll say that. <laughs> it's done better than... I hate George Lucas. It's done better than a lot of things. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah. um, it, but it, it really was it done well for, you know, usually in a movie like this, if they pay this little attention to it, it's right. a problem. Right. And they and they do it well because right. you have to give us something to believe yeah, that this right. can happen. And they give you, like, kind of just enough, just enough of an to explanation. Give right. So... Um, so anyway, that's your basic rundown of the story. And all through the first part, now, um, apart from – this is like really pretty early in the movie. Apart from the wolves that we kept talking about yesterday, apart from the wolf thing, yeah. I really liked I really liked all, all, of, the, the front, all of the beginning. Yeah. And it was kind of strange because it was kind of a slower pace as we're just kind of – hanging with them walking through the wilderness right. or, you know, waving a torch at wolves, which is not the bad wolf part, but, right. <laughs> but we're just kind of going on this little trek with him and we're not sure why we're doing it or what it's right. supposed to lead to. Right. And which it was actually for me kind of very reminiscent of uh, like the opening of some older Bond movies yep. where you just see Bond is like going through the motions of whatever assignment he's on and then all of a sudden, you know, he kills somebody and then takes his, you know, black coat off and underneath it there's a tux and walks into the party right. after he swam in underwater and crawled up the <laughs> cliff yeah. to get to the house or something like that. Right. You know, it's that sort of thing. It's like we just walk with him as he's in in this moment on this thing and we don't know where he's going. We right. haven't been told why he's doing it or anything like that. We just watch it develop. And that was sort of the same feeling I got of this is we don't know why we're – we don't know if he's after someone. Right. If or, he's right. – you know, if he looks at the little map and finds out where he's supposed to be going and that's where he's about to – supposed to kill someone or assassinate yeah. someone or – you know, we don't know why he's there for a long time. And it was it was really pretty fun even though that in itself was a much slower thing than we might right. be used to from Bourne. But that was really well put together I thought. Then eventually, after the the missile goes off, and we still have the little blip coming up on our radar, mm -hmm. and, because he's got the tracker in him, right? And which he knows he has the tracker in him, and he knows where the tracker in him is, which you know that's gone wrong if you're putting a tracker in someone's body, hasn't right. it? I mean, yeah. if you have this secret guy you want to pay attention to, right. you, you know everything about him and know where he is, right? You, you know, you want to put him under and, right, and then instill it somewhere they don't know I, instead of I, I putting know, it in his right. leg and saying, whatever you do, don't bump into a coffee table here. <laughs> right, exactly. Don't get shot right. right here in the leg. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was, you know, you, that's one of those things where you kind of play with it and maybe you shouldn't think about it too right. much because if you do, you'll go, <laughs> well, wait a minute. Right. Um, but anyway, so the little blip's going off and then he has to he, he extract it. Duct tapes. Right. Uh, lid to blocks the signal for something. a bit. Right. I don't know. But anyway, so they're after him and they're going, there's another signal. We're not sure why there's another signal. It's a while before they figure out who that signal is coming from, but whatever it is, try and kill it. And, you know, he eventually gets away anyway. But anyway, that, but so then, so then we have the goofy wolf scene, which I just feel like we have to talk about the Goofy Wolf scene because we okay. talked about it so much. So, because... Right. We have to set this up a little bit. Like what you said before, in the establishing scenes, Aaron Cross is in the Arctic. Uh, he's in the Alaskan wilderness. And part of what he's doing is you're, he's 
you're shown as the audience that he can survive without – he doesn't have a gun. He right. doesn't have anything. He's basically fending off hungry wolves who want to get him in the night, and he's got a torch, and he's just – he's doing his own. And then later he meets up with a contact in a safe house, and the guy – you can still hear the wolves howling, and he makes a joke about how maybe they're still hungry. Maybe you're not human. But if you need any more help, there's a box of bullets by the door. Right. It, it'll work better than a stick. I understand on storyboards or in a boardroom how, you know, the wolves at the door is a metaphor, you know, and that the wolves, you know, you're thrown to the wolves. Like this whole right. thing is really what they're trying to do. It's it's heavy handed. It's awkward. And when it's done, it's just dumb. Yeah, it's very weird. And it's so so it all comes together after he cuts the tracker out of it. Right. Then he sets up this trap to trap the wolf. And one of the strangest things I thought about the movie is that we watch him set up the trap. Like, we watch him climb up a tree yeah. and then and he jump jumps, over he, he to another, down tree another tree, which is and, the trap. And bring it down so that it's bent, you know, right. like the, you know, Wiley Coyote right. something. Not that that's not a real trap right. or that, whatever. That I, I don't know if that's how people normally do that exactly, but. Right. But anyway, we watch him set it up. Then he sits there and waits for the wolves to come, and he traps one of the wolves. Right. And then, so now it's hanging in midair. Right. Which I thought that's not how those traps are supposed to work, right? Those traps are supposed to go he's a, zing, he's and a the smarter, wolf goes he's flying. A, he's right? a smarter super agent than you. That right. trap is just fine. Exactly. That's how it's supposed to work. Anyway. <laughs> So he then he like he tackles the wolf. I love when he tackles and the wolf. He, I hate the scene and I love it all at the same time. I, I it's know. so fun. He takes the wolf down. Uh, all of, now all of a sudden he pulls the fighting. stick out. Yeah, right. they're rolling around. The wolf's trying to bite him. Which actually that was like a pretty well edited yeah. scene of how yeah. that how that happened though. Uh, I mean, if you have to make that scene, right. then they made it pretty well. Right. right? Yeah. Um, so then the stick comes out. He jams the stick in the wolf's mouth and forces him to swallow it. And, right. sh- and Shade's going, "That's exactly how I <laughs> I get my dog to take That's his how pills, I get my dog right? to take his medicine." So and then you know I don't know what happens. Then he's just running away, and we hope that like a good you know sacrificial wolf, the wolf is running in the other direction because <laughs> then, well he's not the man that ran with wolves so. be, because then you know the missile comes and destroys it, the wolf the missile's targeting the wolf now as it's got his tracker and, in, and so and, then they say okay well the tracker's gone now and this and, is all done to establish for Edward Norton and Stacy Keach and all the big suits in Washington that they've got all of the people from the new project dead this is this is to give him the mask and, and the illusion of being dead. Right. He has to really make it look like he's dead. But the scene went wrong, and like we were talking about, um, what, right when we came out of the movie, somewhere in the storyboard process, there was more about why yeah. he had to be moving all the time. Right. And and that would be believable. Right. And that got cut. Right, and, were, and and then we're just yeah. left with the wolf, and like you know, like like you said when we walked out, why can he not just throw it in the snow? Right, I thought he'd just because take it and throw the, it away. Because the weird thing is, or yeah, you know, like uh, put it in a little plastic balloon and throw it in the river or something. Let it right. let it go down the river, or you know, whatever. Obviously, something. or just chuck it. And the thing that's weird too is that uh, when when we're back, kind of in our little control room, piloting the drone. It, aircraft that's going to you know launch the missile right uh, someone even says like well it's been stationary for a while right. but it's moving now yeah and i guess you know there was at some point there was more 
development of something that was going to be like, you know, if they see the thing just sitting still for eight hours and then they come in and go, well, that <laughs> is a little odd that he hasn't moved for that long. Right. But this is like, you know, this is a, a chase that is happening pretty yeah. much, even though you've got a bunch of guys in Washington with a remote control. Right. It's still, it's not very long, ultimately, after that first missile went down. And he took out the first aircraft. So they had to, you know, scramble another aircraft or another drone, or they had to do whatever and get it over there. Right. But ultimately, it's not like we're sitting around where guys are going to be going, well, I've been looking at this thing for the last eight hours and it hasn't moved. Because they have to go in with the other drone and, like, acquire it. And then it pops up, and then they see it. Right. So all they know is what it's done right now right while I'm about to shoot at it. Yeah. And so something about the movie was different at right. some point. You know, There was right. some other thing. But the end result is that we don't get the explanation of why he would do this, and it makes sense. Right. We just get the fact that he's doing, he's doing it, it. And then we have to go, okay, uh, that right. makes sense, yeah. let's say. So that, that was a really goofy scene. And it's funny because that's in the beginning That's the, of the part that I like. Yeah. It's one of those scenes, though, that you just kind of have to, like, let wash over you and, and go, right. whatever. It that's is. that it's scene. A, it's a James Bond. And, and let's, and let's yeah. move on. But the first part of it, especially, um, you know, we should hit, like, the high notes before we get uh, too close to time running out. Like, um, Jeremy Renner I really liked. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because hopefully people listening have been listening for several weeks, right? Right. And, and know that that was the big that funny you thing didn't that like I this. was going, right. I don't really see him being right. Jason Bourne. And, we, you know, we had that whole conversation a couple of weeks ago. But he did not, you know, he did not stand out as the guy I would pick. But I really liked him. And especially because this is a a very different person and he's allowed to be a very different person. Yeah, you Jason know, Bourne, Matt Damon didn't play Bourne badly. I always thought one of the things that just suffered and it's cuz Bourne, you know, Damon's a great actor anyway. Jason Bourne is too automatronic. He's too robotic. And Aaron Cross with Jeremy Renner's performance, he's you get kind of the sense of why he might have gotten his wrist Lab, why he might be having to trek through an Alaskan wilderness because he's right because he's, he's a little he's a little edgier. He's he's or, right. He's a little bit more engaging. He's a much more human machine than the Terminator that was right. Jason Bourne. And he is a little bit. Um, I I don't know. Like we both said, you know, we like the first three movies. I don't know that yeah. Jason Bourne is. You know, way over the, no, the no, top no, or yeah, anything right. like that. No, but he's, he's within like the confines. One of, one of, of the it, things, he's just dead inside. Right. One of the things that like stands out to me though is you know there's that scene and you know God knows which movie it is because seriously they all run together all at, close, at this yeah. point. And I haven't seen any of them Sense. really right. near in time to now. But there's the scene where we have the guy running Treadstone. and Jason Bourne's there, right? And they're in the room and there's a guy with the bag in his head and he says, "Kill him." And when you get done watching this movie, you could say, like you said, you could see Jeremy Renner going, um, really? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I. You know, he maybe did not exactly play the way he was supposed to. Right. And we do see some stuff too, where we get like a flashback, where he's out in the field in who knows where. Right. I, I don't even know if they say, it, but it's like said. Iraq or yeah, Saudi did, Arabia yeah. or something where. There's some military action going on, and it's a flashback to when he's actually with Edward Norton, mm -hmm. 
who is talking to him about – It's like he's recruiting him. He's like, look, I know it, what we just did might not make a whole lot of sense, but – Well, apparently what happened is that we killed a whole bunch of civilians. Right. And Edward Norton says, you know, we had bad intel. There weren't supposed to be all these civilians there, but you just killed a whole bunch of civilians. Jeremy Renner obviously really has a problem with it. Right. So that's, you know, a little we're trying to show that there's a different spin on what's going on there too. Yeah. Um but I but I thought he worked in this one. I thought he worked really well and you know, this as we've said in the past too, this is not necessarily the movie where you're going to win the Oscar for right. best acting right. no matter who you are. But still I thought he did it really well and I thought he did a lot of like the quiet parts really well. Yeah. Like a lot of the time for me when when someone's acting really well, it's when it, it's not that they're delivering lines. It's like that they're just sitting there, right. you know, looking at someone in a certain way, believably. Right. Or, you know, responding to something that happens in a way that is believable. Right. And I thought he did a really good job of, you know, just being kind of lost in the situation yeah. and letting that show right. in a believable, realistic way. Uh, I thought he was really good. I thought everybody else either was not in the movie enough to make a whole lot of difference or they were doing strange things. Even like, you know, hmm. I, I, well, I think I think like Edward, Edward Norton was good when he was on. He wasn't on a lot. He, he wasn't he wasn't really in it all that much except to go. These are these lines I have to say right now so yeah. that we progress with our story of why we're right, looking why at we're the control out. room. Right. Right. And and we have the control room. Oddly enough, I thought that the two geeky guys were pretty good. Yeah. Because usually those guys will be total throwaways. Right. You won't believe anything they say. Right. It's like they want a contest to be in the movie. And and they they actually were were pretty good. Especially when they kind of they figure out right. the virus thing, right. and that kind of came through, like, kind of believably. Right. I don't know. That was pretty cool. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Any other, like, well, really yeah, good okay, things? Wait, yeah, you like, have well, more here's, positives here's the than thing. me. This is kind of how I, I looked at the film. I thought the film, it was it was an interesting film to me. It was, it's a, it's a bit of a slow starter, and I don't mean that in the terms of pacing. I think... We we saw the same thing and we just we we differentiate a little bit here. I I enjoyed the first part a lot, and where you started to not like the second part, I actually still really like the second part to a point. I like the second part a bit more than the first part, and I'll tell you why. Um, when I say it's a bit of a slow starter, I don't mean pacing wise. What I mean is it takes a while to engage the audience. Like there's so much stuff going on, even if you have seen all the doing other doing a lot films, of establishing. It's yeah. really it, it it's not surprising that the guy writing these films is now able to control it all. And it shows a, a problem in his restraint. He's overthinking a lot. He's telling more about all that's happening than he needs to. We're already on board. We already kind of know what we're about to get. But he, he goes too far to explain some things that aren't ne aren't necessary but aren't even needed to be explained. And that's okay. That's That's a mistake that you presume... You just assume this is going to be another three-picture deal for Renner and, and the story. You're going to get two more films of Aaron Cross. But I thought that the film was, was not paced bad. I enjoyed the pace of it. It's just it didn't engage you because there's so many cut scenes of Washington and Edward Norton and all these other people 
that it, it took a while to get into. It was really fun to watch Jeremy Renner, like you said, even by himself. Um, but I think he, he took off and his performance excelled when he was with someone, whether it was the contact in the cabin. Yeah. And eventually then he's on his own again because he's out in the woods with wolves and trying to basically trek from this Alaskan wilderness to Maryland to meet up with Rachel Weiss. Right. Um, and when he meets up with Rachel Weiss's character, Dr. Uh, uh, Spearing, the movie takes a totally different feeling because yeah. she is his human credential. She validates Aaron Cross to the audience um, in a way that was unsubstantiated before. And I found that to be really fun because typically in films like this, what you have with the female lead is she's eye candy. She's going to be in a swimsuit somewhere or she's supposed to run and jiggle in all right, the right she's places. Like a Bond girl. Or exactly, something. a Bond girl, right. She's supposed to be a poor man's Bond girl. But Rachel Weiss. In this, and, and you know, the writer, he, he just doesn't take that for granted. He sees that maybe women are a, a little bit different than that. She has an awful lot to do, above and beyond what typical women in these kind of films do, yeah. much more than any of the films with Matt Damon. Like, she was basically someone he was protecting or, like, trying to harbor until she had no other resources. And he's like, well, come with me. I'm your best chance to live. He still does that. Um, with Rachel Weiss in this film, he but, you know the famously fun line. But the, his character has his own way of doing a, that. Absolutely, scene, right? and, and in in most films, you've got the come with me if you want to live, you right. know. And he just and he says that again in the trailer. He's like, "Do you want to live? I want to live. You want to live?" And right. she's like, "Yes." And, and so this happens. we think that's where it's going in the trailer because right. that's the one that's in the trailer. Right. And then later you see, and he has an incredibly funny line that I'm not going to ruin, but there's a great moment between them when they're arguing about what's happened. She's just been under. Um, suspicion and a very frightening attack at her house from people that are double agents and she didn't know and Agent you know, Cross saves and rescues her in a great scene. And in a way, this house scene is one of my favorites. It's this perfect moment. But to go even further along, like after that house scene, they, they both kind of – there was a restraint here that I appreciated. There wasn't like a flaming, burning love being made between these two it was a soft kind of like slow simmer right. like a kindle and he could have thrown it on he could have really pushed it and been like wow these two are obviously in love now and you know they can't there's actually moments of just genuine genuine tenderness between them and it and it works right it works all and the way up to near the end of the film when there's a, another chase that's going on and She's in jeopardy, and of course, he's the only one that can come save her, and he does in this really fun, exciting way that I've been looking forward to all summer, and it's it's unbelievable, but it's believable, and when he's done, you know, you just feel this thing between them. He's like, uh, okay, let's go. Are you ready? Right. And I just thought – I thought that all that stuff worked really well, the, 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 the decision to not force all of this stuff on You tangented you. off of the line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going all over. Well, we're running now. We're running yeah. out of time. But I just I thought there was so much stuff that was really fun. But there is a point in the movie after the second act when the film totally suffers from not having anything to do anymore. Right. And like what we mentioned about 20 minutes ago, there is a gradual decline. It's like coming off of a really fun ride. And you wonder, like, is that it? And it, it turns out that's that's it. Like it's certainly setting up for another movie. Right. But the ending is. But is it really so, just stopped. The ending is yeah. so sudden that it, it. After thinking about it, and we talked about this. None of what I'm saying is a surprise to you anyway, because we we shared this in the parking lot after the film. It just it reminded me so much of how like a a TV pilot would end 
for a series that's going to be on, you know, six or eight more episodes, but right. not a movie that you just went to go see that is probably going to have sequels. Right. But the abrupt ending is so sudden, and you, I mean, we both heard it. You remarked after when we were in the parking lot that there were people behind us that you could hear when the music started. They were yeah. like, "That is that the end? Yeah. You know, it is that sudden. And, 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 that, that, and not it, only that, but it's funny because it stops. And it's the end, but it's like the credits don't start rolling for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. So then people are really sitting there going, "Wait, well, so right. is it the end?" Well, I knew it was the end, even <laughs> right. though the song you is can terribly, tell the song is even though the on. song is terribly dated. Moby has made this one born song that this guy has loved. You know, I don't think he had the ability to put right. it in the first films, but it's it's the film. Anytime I hear it, I know it's the end credits for a Bourne movie, right. whether it's Legacy or Ultimatum or Identity or what have you. Right. And when I started hearing Moby, I'm like, wow, they chose to end the movie like this. That's really bizarre. Like, I didn't yeah. – I was having enough fun with it. I didn't know how much time was left. I knew that there was, you know, that clock in your head. You know there's not a lot left. Right. But I thought, you know, is this where the bad guy jumps out of the water one more time? <laughs> like, or like is, Bond, is there, right? Yeah, like where is there like, something else? Because there's know, Jaws be, is going to show up. The there's there's got to be something else. And to his credit, though, the ending did not land well. Um, I, I still I, – I didn't enjoy it. I'm not going to say that I liked it. But I kind of respect it in a weird way. Like he just decided to end this. <laughs> And, yeah, I, and I didn't like it, but I kind of am like, that That was a gutsy move. Like, you know you're going to do more stories, so screw it. Let's just end it here. Let's not make it like a traditional ending. And I, it it didn't really sit well yeah, with me, but I, did, I still kind of like the nuts to do it. That's I, all. I didn't like it because um, I like stories to have endings. Right. So that's that's pretty much going to be my defense of not liking it. Yeah. It just stops. It doesn't really it does. And here's stop. the other thing. That is horrible about it is, you know, it was kind of like you were saying, like a TV series, but it was almost like kind of like the last panel of a comic. Yeah. And it's like you could, you know, see the little writing that says, right. like, you know, next time to and, be continued, you know, whatever. Yeah. It, it was such a weird looking thing. Yeah. And it was such a it was such a just strange thing. But the the other thing, like, you were, you know, you were talking about, uh, you know, I don't even know. It's like the movie ran out of things to do. And the movie did run out of things to do because it doesn't it doesn't really have a story in in some sense. It's got the weird, you know, he's on the run and he's got a good reason to be on the run and he's got to go get the medicine. But there's there's kind of just not enough of a script to it. And so it runs out of things to do. And so it does the exact you know, movie traditional thing to do when you run out of things to do, which is, but wait, what about the bigger, badder, bad guy? Right, right. <laughs> we didn't even get to that part. And, we're and, I mean, we're and running out. But. We're totally out of time. But, you know, one of the little, you know, geek guys in the control room actually, like, turns around and goes, what about Lex? Yeah, what about Lex 3? <laughs> right. And they're like, oh. And it's like, oh. oh. Like, he's, in, he's only and two then, hours away. And, and then like, okay. I thought it was horrible because we're, like you said, we've got our Jeremy Renner, who's, like, some kind of the nicer guy, the mm-hmm. more feeling guy or whatever. And we get the Lex so that we can have somebody else to chase him, which we could have just had another guy chase him or whatever. But this gives us the opportunity to let that one woman in the control room go, oh, this one is even better, and we get rid of all those nasty emotions that have been cropping up in the other things that we've been trying to do. So we have perfect you know, people who don't feel anything and don't think for themselves, and they're perfect you know, robots for us to yeah. control. It's <laughs> a clumsy way to introduce <laughs> yeah. more down the line, you know, right. more and guys that are out and there. It's such, a, 
just such a cheap and goofy kind of way to if you're trying to say something with that right it's like the worst weirdest way we're gonna go over anyway no, we're not. Let's just end. Yeah, I, I don't know. You haven't well, given no ratings. We don't have well, anything. Right. <laughs> like, we're just going to end like the movie did. Like, okay, see you next week. <laughs> That's right. That's we're it. going to go. Goodbye. No. No. All right. We, oh, can go, well, we can go over a minute or so. We will go over um, a little bit to just wrap some stuff up. But for the live listeners, because this will actually end, I'm thinking probably like three and a half. Yeah. I was thinking numerically it's about 65, and I'm not going to do quarter stars because you hate it, so I'm going to go three. Right. I, was, I was thinking right. 60 to 70 on a scale of it's 100, like, and that's three, three and a half. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's somewhere it's really, in that area. It's, I'm going to go three because you love it. You're th- you're a three and a quarter. I'm, right. I'm in that same area, okay. you know, three and a half. Thanks so, to all the live listeners. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? There's two seconds left. Wait, you go, thanks to all the live listeners, then like point at me like I'm supposed to do Well, I'm the producer of this somehow. I'm supposed all to right. do something well, in two seconds. For those who are staying with us. and Right. For those who are on the podcast. I, I don't know if you can stay Goodbye. with us, actually. That's, that's the whole, that's the that whole thing so that awesome. I think is hilarious. I love the end of our shows. I think they're so awesome. I know. And last week, we oh like... God. We did so good last week. Last week, we were like, okay, we have to do... Even better than that. So right. we're going to do this and that. And right. we're gonna, well, next week we have all be these plans and everything. Sorry, and then, everybody. You know, whatever. I, see, that's the thing, though. I don't know if you can still be listening. I don't know if you can be on the live thing. No, that's I, I think it might just go off for this recording part. So, right. well, anyone um, listening on the podcast, thanks for downloading. Right. Thanks for downloading. <laughs> God, we'll get it better. Um, yeah, but I don't think we need to go over a long time. No. I think the. Um, I just think that end bad guy was horrible. And unnecessary. Yeah. It was unnecessary. You didn't, you didn't really need him, except you, to introduce you, other things that probably we're going to see. Like except, what you started saying, right? We're we're probably going to see other stuff happen. Yeah. But even to the extent that they introduced him, and then they just leave him there, right? And and we don't get anything else about him. We just see him chasing them, right? Then it's like you didn't even really need to do it. Right. We could have talked about that character maybe, or done something like that. But it it was so like. Horrible early Bond. It just, yeah, you know, it, it just it was. It was like supposed to be this, you know, guy that's better. It than was like he was going to take Cross. his hat off, right, and right. go whoosh, and like cut the statue or something. He's it just, just it like also, really goofy. Now. It also made me think that you know, if you've got three stories to tell, um, it had that weird feeling, that weird like trying to stretch the silly putty out just far enough so you could still see. Like it almost felt like. He had he had told the story needed to free Aaron Cross, like basically liberate him by virusing him out, and then didn't really have enough to really go on. But if he introduced any more story, then he's running into the, what he wants to tell in the second film. So, hey, let's just throw this guy in because right. it, it alludes to the second film, the better assassins. And, well, I and, guess. and, and just, the, it was the, so awkward. It was as awkward as the was. wolves. It, it, it just was, it was unnecessary. It was and very awkward. awkward and so. he, the weird thing, especially about it, is – if you're going to end the movie this way, then, you know, end it 10 minutes earlier that right. way. <laughs> and then right. whatever. I mean, you get one more kind of action sequence chasing yeah. on motorcycles, right. which was horribly edited and ended up really goofy anyway. Yeah. You didn't the, like it. I didn't were, mind it. There were okay parts. of. I mean, overall, it, 
it was, I guess, an okay action movie. I think actually where it really gets bad is when the bad guy gets on a motorcycle too. And then yeah. after that point, and it's just yeah. After that point, it's really goofy. When they're all still in cars, there's some, yeah. you know, there's some. It's well, a one thing I know enough chasing. One thing I know you said, and that's just this weird technique that everyone is into. When you're in a chase, they there's like this blurry quick quarter second right. cam, and they insert it between things because it's supposed to make you feel that. Even though you're watching cars racing around other cars, like don't think that they're slowing down. Like it's to enhance this thing, and what it does is it's just annoying to see. Right, and it's a little and like there, headachey. There like, was zoom. Wow. Right, there there was one part that stands out, especially where it was just like, I think this is right when he wrecks the cop car, yeah. the bad guy, right? Yep, and it it's you know he's in this you know whatever big big moment of we're going to crash his car beyond usefulness so that he has to jump out and steal somebody's motorcycle. And everything that happened in that little part, I mean, it's, you know, like 10 seconds or yeah. eight seconds or something like that, but it's just like cut, 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 cut. And yeah. it's, and it's like back and forth it's angle that we're viewing yeah. it from and everything. And it's just, you can't, you can't tell what's going on anymore. And it, right. it just looks weird. It's like one of those things where we could, you know, they're, throw up a little subliminal message in there right. too or something yeah. and then and then we'll all go buy another ticket. But it was right. like just a weirdly edited kind of thing. But it's just I just don't know why we did it. And the guy ends up goofy and then in the end of that chase scene it it was like that chase scene was like a you know, you'd take that and and that scene was like an allegory for the whole movie or or you know, you you've got the whole movie in that chase scene because right. then you know, it starts out pretty good, and then it gets a little goofy, and right. then it really gets goofy. And then when we want it to end, it ends, like, because we just go, well, it ends. Right. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and that's just how yeah. the movie ends, too, yeah. right? And then the movie ends where we go, you might think something else is about to happen. Right. <laughs> but nothing. <laughs> but we're done. But yeah. the helicopter flies away, and we spin around the boat, and right. you know, and whatever. It's, it's just yeah. over, and it's just so weird that it ends that way. When we come through all this thing, it's sort of like as soon as he gets viraled up mm -hmm. or whatever, then it's like really the people in D.C. don't have a lot that they can actually do. Right. And, you know, I don't know how well we could play out the story. It was funny because you were talking about how all the police uh, – are, are we in Manila? Where yeah, they were in the Philippines. Manila. Manila. Um, so – you were you were talking about how weird is it that like all the police are going to show up and eventually it's just all the police and right. where could you possibly go right and it's not like you know you have thousand escape routes and you know you can just jump right. in a car whenever you want to and hit the highway or something like that I mean they're in the middle of this neighborhood that is like you know buildings built on top of buildings and, and they're it's standing like, out because they're Caucasians or, they're Americans right. and, and they're, they're running on the and roofs and you know whatever. And and so you were talking about how you know what really happens when we just have everyone right everybody there like is. right there like yeah. the, you know whatever whatever military and police we could possibly get and eventually you can't escape from enough people showing right. up right and, and the thing that was weird is what it really is I think is it's like you can only have so many people show up before it starts being weird because right. then it's like does Edward Norton really control. You know, the entire police the war, force right, and military yeah. of everywhere yeah. on earth that they could run or something. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, if we can set the police after them, that's one thing. 
and a bunch of cops show up, and then bad things start happening, so more police show up, I guess. Yeah. But at a certain point, it kind of just becomes weird that you're like going, you, you know, this Edward Norton character made a phone call, and all of a sudden, this whole country is going to go, right. yes, yeah, okay. We'll get him right. This one I mean, it's, right. it's just kind of weird. But then it's sort of like, as soon as he virals out, then the movie's over. And there's just a, yeah. still a bunch of stuff that happens. And I that guess that's, and that's maybe, part of – maybe that's the first arc. You know, if it, if at least in storyboard, yeah, excuse me, storyboards, the first arc is, you know, freeing Aaron Cross. Like we've got to get him freed of both the company, the program, the dependency, you know. And then, right. Setting up all the establishment of what we're going to do right. for the rest of it is pretty much – as soon as we get after the right. after the house. Yeah. Scene. And, I mean, those scenes, even, you know, the, the Alaskan scene, the cabin stuff, that stuff's all great. The establishing doctor scenes, those are great. The the house scene where she's in danger is really great. And yeah, afterwards... That, that, know, was, that just, was really a cool scene, and it was almost surprisingly cool. Yeah. Because as we started going through that stuff happening... I think the very beginning when they're just talking to her maybe went on a little too long. Yeah. Because she's a little bit too much more naive than the audience watching the movie going, you know, duh, one way or another, this lady's about to kill you. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like... I it, heard a lady it, behind it, me gasp when it, she it was goes, like... It goes on just a little yeah. bit too long, but it's okay because it turns really cool. It does. and And it's surprising because she's in the house, the bad people come, and you kind of feel, I at least kind of felt like I was set up for something that was going to be kind of standard. Yeah, it was going to be like a movie trope. Like, your, yeah. your normal thing that was going to happen, and then that is not at all what right. happened. Right, it just totally <laughs> so I it, thought that was really fun. It, it was very cool. You know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking more about how as we're talking about it, and even though what we're talking about is a bit of the negative part of what we both didn't like about the film, which is how it ended, It it's made me think, you know, I, I think numerically sometimes I have to think of it instead of stars, like where do I go numerically? I'm I'm pretty happy saying this is a seven, so that's three and a half stars. Right. You know, that's that's where I'm at pretty comfortably that's, with it. And it sucks because if this had had a solid, great ending, even if it had been a cliffhanger ending because you knew there were going to be more films, right. or at least they hope it got the box office and they were hoping people would come out for Jeremy Renner. And man, what a year this guy's having. But anyway, right. you know, with the Avengers <laughs> right. and this, right. but... but um, if it could have had, if a, it if just it could had, have had a solid, solid ending, last I mean, 40 minutes. a solid last, even even just a really substantially fun, it, not fun, but more interestingly, like into the story instead of kind of like, oh, we just need to put another chase. This could have easily or, been or, like four, four and a half. Right. I mean, this was yeah. so much fun, and the, the that parts, kind of awkward ending just really hurts it, but not so much. So I'm I'm right. feeling very comfortable with the, three. The and a half. parts that were fun were super fun, and and I think that's. I think that's pretty much where I am yeah. is uh, three and a half, which, you know, that kind of ties into the it's total recall funny, thing yeah. because it's like, you know, how is this less than total recall? Even though yeah. I probably actually have more positive things yeah. to say about this. And there were more times that I was having fun, right? but there were times that were pretty seriously disappointing for me. Yeah. And if I, if I try to look at, you know, what this movie was trying to be, and how well did it succeed at that? It just had a lot of problems, yeah. and especially like with the ending. I mean, I just, I just did not like the fact that the ending we planned was 
basically to just stop filming. Well, you could argue. <laughs> you could, it's almost like you could argue that his attempt to make a film that had no ending was a total success. That's exactly true. Like right. uh, as if we just ran out of money we're there. So right, we're we're out of money. <laughs> we don't here. have another scene. Yeah. We have this boat though. Yeah. So go. There's the end. Um, anyway, we need to wrap up, and I, yeah. I, you know, there's no reason we probably no, need, need to go on, but it was really fun. I mean, yeah. it, it was a fun time. It just had its disappointing things, and I think it, it. Another funny thing is that you know I rate this one a little bit less than Total Recall. I almost feel like I'm safer recommending this to yeah. people though than than, than Total Recall because you know that one just can go wrong right. more if people right. are in it wrong. Yeah. So okay, that's. Uh, we're gonna wrap up. That's gotta be. Yeah, it. That's we're it. both three and a half. I think that yeah. that might be the first time, time we've ever been exactly both. the same. Yeah. Um, next week we're gonna do Paranorman. I think. Yeah, that'll be fun. And uh, I love Corpse Bride. Stuff. I think that's about it. I just want to remind listeners: if you like the show, every next thing you do is horrendously helpful to us. Really. Uh, anything you do beyond listening, if right. you subscribe. On iTunes, even yep. if you just go to the website and leave a comment, sure. or you know, share us on Facebook or Twitter or something Absolutely. like that. Email every next every anything. next thing you do is worth a lot. So um, we'll we see you it. next week. Yeah, um, check us out on rescreening.com, and we will be waiting for you with Paranorman. Right. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.